Welcome to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Faceboy Hall. With me at home, Calvin Williams. How's it going, everybody? And my brother, John S. Hall. Hello. I'm John S. Hall. <laughs> what you just heard was uh, our, our new opening to the show, and it's a combination of a protest that I had recorded uh, I don't know, about a month ago, and uh, that I just thought was very powerful. And obviously, well, Ball of Confusion, 1970, The Temptations, as relevant today as the day it was written, if not more so. Ain't that the truth? Uh, uh, the documentary about uh, the AIDS crisis was titled, and the band please, on, because that sentence is sort of saying that there's some crazy shit happening and no one's doing anything about it. And the band played on, which I think says a lot about Trump. John, during soundcheck, uh, you were saying that there was a protest that went by your building. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, uh, I'm close to Broadway and uh, they come down Broadway. They come down Houston. So, uh, I hear it a lot. Good. I, you know, I some, I, sometimes I look out the window, sometimes I don't. It's more or less a regular occurrence, which is good. I was you know, seeing I mean, them. You know, it's good that people uh, uh, are doing it in a sustained way. I hope it continues uh, after the next president is sworn in, no matter how long that takes. Okay. Yeah, it needs me too. to continue until some serious structural change is made. Uh, I'm not optimistic that that's coming anytime soon. So hopefully people will continue and not get demoralized. Or, you know, <laughs> fucking beaten. But that's going to happen. That is unfortunately going to happen. We're going to see more fucking people driving their cars into protests. We're going to see pepper spray. We're going to see violence. Hopefully, we're not going to see violence from the protesters because that's not the way to go, in my opinion. It's not well, the way to go. I'm not aware that the protesters are causing much, if any, violence. I, I don't mean, believe they are. I, my understanding is that you know, there are agitators, some paid and some who just do it as a hobby, who come into protests to uh, to uh, cause violence. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to cause random violence, what better place to do it is in a crowd where you have a good shot at being anonymous with it. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's that is one danger of protesting is that it does open it does create opportunities for people who want to cause uh, serious violence, 
but um, that's not a reason not to have them. Absolutely, yeah. I read this week there was uh, there was some hundred thousand dollars of damage that is being blamed on protesters. When I really think it's it is what you said, outside agitators who are either being paid for it or uh, I'm sure doing it as a hobby. Sure, some of the protesters are causing some property damage. Property damage is, I mean, I don't really take that very seriously, but. Um, you know, I, I I was thinking more of like damage, like I, I was thinking more of violence to people rather than, I mean, it's just stuff and insurance will pay for most, if not all of it anyway. So it's bad for the insurance companies, but I'm not going to cry for insurance companies. <laughs> I'm not saying people should throw bricks through windows. I'm just saying like... You know, if there's nobody in the store and you're throwing a brick through a window, there are a lot worse things you could be doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> True. So, John, you just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Hey, 60, happy birthday. a significant one. Thanks. What, what did uh, you do? I uh, was out uh, in on Fire Island and I was... I think I spent, well, I spent some of it on the beach and I had dinner and, uh, you know, maybe probably read, I, I try to read something mentally stimulating every day. So I probably read something the following day. I read a lot about David Graeber and I found out that he died on my birthday. David Graeber was a junior high school classmate of mine. He was one of the organizers of Occupy and, uh, one of the co-creators of the we are the 99% uh, slogan. And uh, I had lost touch with him when I was 13, I think, or 12 um, in junior high, you know, when I went went to a high school. Um, he went, um, uh, and, and then he went to high school and, and we reconnected. I just Googled him and found out, oh, <laughs> that he had helped organize Occupy and that he had written this great book about debt called Debt the First 500 Years, and so I uh, reconnected with him through Twitter, and uh, uh, we had a number of really fascinating and wonderful email exchanges or text exchanges, and uh, I inadvertently uh, inspired uh, one of his books, um, or partly inspired one of his books, when I uh, was talking to him about the kind of meaninglessness of of uh, some of the jobs I've had, I'll put it that way. So uh, his latest book, although he has another one forthcoming, his latest book is called Bullshit Jobs, and it's all <laughs> about how many jobs people do uh, that are kind of uh, meaningless and not and don't need to be done really. <laughs> um, and Any how examples? technology, you know, technology was supposed to free us from from the need to do labor, but his, his thesis is that technology has actually created more busy work for people. So most middle management, um, most, uh, lobbyists, most lobbying, uh, most, uh, 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 consulting work, uh, most, uh, uh, he has a long list of things that he feels. And I, and I tend to agree, you know, don't, you know, don't really produce anything. It's just people watching other people um, do their work. 
rather than actually doing work or doing anything productive. Um, yeah, I mean, hard to divide, define particularly, but you know it when you see it. You, uh, Calvin, were talking about tech support. That's useful. You know, like someone has a problem, you know, uh, tech support, that's, that's useful work. But, um, yeah, a lot of what people do these days, you know, the world would not end if, uh, if there was nobody doing it. That's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, now, I did, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, and I did read about it, and I was going to ask you about it. Is you this remember the guy... David, don't you? He shot you, uh, you know, when we did the China movie. That's what I was going to ask. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. was going to ask if, you, if, that, if that was the guy. I don't remember yeah. him, yeah, but I remember doing the movies. Of, uh, yeah, like, um, like he was a brilliant person even then, you know, and, and uh, I asked if he would work with me to make movies so I wouldn't have to write papers. Um, he certainly could have easily written a paper, but we instead we turned in these joint projects, one on China, uh, one on War of the Worlds, that was for English, um, uh, 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 The Odyssey, I think we did, um, and I can't remember what else. But yeah, he, he would tell me, you know, like, oh, yeah, they had foot binding, so we would do a foot binding scene. You were on in me. That on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and um yeah, it was a lot of fun making those movies. Um and I remember the water torture where you had me oh, in the, the water torture tub and a slow drip on my head. And you're like you're like just just pretend this has already been going on for hours and, and just yeah. scream in pain. Yeah. So that was me and David. Um I wonder if those films still exist. Um, God, I hope they, they do. might. But yeah, they would be very fun to put up on YouTube. Uh if we who, can who find... uh who held on to the films was it you or david uh me so they might be where you are they probably exist somewhere in this apartment yes Mm -hmm. now you have me so yeah um yeah but he was he's an he was an extraordinary thinker um and uh just a brilliant inspirational figure um i i said in my post that i consider him to be a a hero really of mine um even though i never told him that um, I don't think he would have enjoyed hearing that because he was a very egalitarian type. For example, many people believe he created the entire phrase, we are the 99%, but he insists on giving credit to two other people who, or two or three other people who he believes contributed the we and the R. And he says that he only came up with the 99% part. Anyway, um, um, also, he has a, you know, the obit in the Times. I think it's the obit in the Times. I read a lot of obituaries about him. Uh, mentions how, you know, like when he first got involved in protesting and, and organizing, he found how easy it was to kind of rise in the ranks. You know, the first time you don't know what you're doing, the second time you know everything, and by the third time you go to, you know, one of these organizing sessions for protests, um, you can play. A planning role you can play uh, you know like a meaningful role uh getting involved in this stuff which i found to be a very welcoming uh you know uh thing to say to anybody who's interested in protesting on a on any scale um it reminded me of the saul alinsky book rules for radicals um which i'm sure he read more times than i have <laughs> and probably knows backwards and forwards um, but yeah, he's a great, great, great man. He was. 
And for the for the foot binding, if I remember correctly, you had me in a kimono. Well, I was like seven, eight. Are you implying that an eight-year-old shouldn't wear a kimono? <laughs> I, just, I, I just, I'm just remembering. I'm remembering that it's probably that that it's. I'm really glad that I didn't have any kind of gender hang-ups about it because I was supposed to be a, a girl. You were ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I noticed you've been doing daily negations. Uh, uh, when did I you start doing, doing that? that? The last time I was here. What's that? I think I was doing that the last time I was here on your show. I've been doing it since April. Since April. Would you would you share the background to daily negations and one of and maybe today's negation? Uh, I don't have the book right here handy. Do you know what that's from? Uh, I don't have it right here handy. Damn, I remember it. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs as Oh, welcome back, Cotter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. I'm Freddie Boom Boom Washington. Why did they call you Boom Boom? Boom 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 Boom. Oh, you like playing the bass? No, I just like going like this. Boom 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 Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, daily negations. Um, you know, when I was uh, when I was in my late thirties and extremely depressed, um, I turned sometimes to uh, self-help uh, affirmations types books, and I found them. Uh, for the most part, unhelpful. Um, since that time, I've read a number of articles about how positive thinking doesn't work for some people. Um, and in fact, it can make you feel worse because it makes you feel like, oh, why am I not happy? Or why can't I generate optimism? Why can't I, you know, and I want to mention again, you know, uh, David Graeber, extremely optimistic human being um and very very you know not optimistic in a way that you um you know ignore what's going on about you and just pretend it isn't there but but like very very aware of the problems um and and the disappointment um but but continually optimistic so anyway um my thinking was that if reading affirmations would make me depressed then then writing and reading um uh, the opposite negative thoughts would 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 cheer me up somehow um and and it did cheer me up to write them uh and it cheered me up even more when they appeared in a book um and uh and now i get a lot of enjoyment out of reading them each morning uh on facebook i also upload them to uh insta and um youtube and uh and and tiktok i started later in the process but um i i don't really understand tiktok but for some reason a lot of people watch my videos or maybe they watch it for two seconds and then they scroll past it but um but um I, yeah it's a it's a curious platform that i don't really understand but anyway yeah so i read them and then people comment on them and a lot of people thank me for uh for doing this um it came about because a friend of mine booked me for some Zoom show, and I read a couple of negations that day at that show. And uh, and she said, oh, you should do it on Facebook Live. And I thought about it for about a week, and then I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, and, uh, 
it's it's felt good you know it's a good you know like i have a nine to five job so i wake up in the morning anyway but then on saturdays and sundays uh it stops me you know it, it gets me out of bed which is a good thing because uh you know not that i'm prone to stay in bed just not doing anything but it's good to have another reason to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I had created some structure, serious structure for myself before all of this began, because I think that's one of the things that's keeping me sane and healthy. That you know, uh, I get up between seven and eight every morning, but I take weekends. I take Sunday and Monday for my weekends where I don't do much of the stuff that I do during the week. Um, and it's really, it's, it's helped me to stay sane. Let me see if I can find negations. Do you, do you, uh, do you sleep later on Sundays and Mondays? Yeah. Many hours later or just like an hour? No, like an hour. Yeah, that's me too. I sleep like an hour later on the weekends. I can blab more while you look for it if you want to. Yeah, I, there's only well, one. Well, you you'll if, read if, it then, not me. Yeah, yeah. It's better if someone else reads it. I already read it today. Reading the same negation twice in one day is probably bad luck. Okay, there's only one place where, if it's not right there, then I'd have to look everywhere. So this will only take a minute. Okay then. While 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 Francis is looking for daily negations by me, John S. Hall. Let me remind you that you are um, uh, listening to a podcast. Got it. (laughs) I like like knowing where all my books are. (laughs) Well done. I knew where mine was, too. I just didn't really want to read it. (laughs) So today is September 5th. I have been given countless opportunities to better myself and I have squandered every one of them. As my prospects dwindle, I should tell myself that I got far more chances than I deserved, and that most people would have accomplished far more with what I have been given. You, you know, um, I, um, I write little commentaries on each one, um, and I remember uh, well, I mean, and so the commentary I wrote about that one, I mentioned that uh, I felt like it was unfinished, that it needed one more line. Um, and then I just sort of proposed another line. So I'm looking on Facebook now to see what I wrote because I don't Oh wait, I don't have to do that. It's over here somewhere. So, yeah, you know, like, yes, I should have been ready with that. Today's September 5th. I think so. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote, you know, reflecting on this will probably paralyze me and help ensure that I continue to waste my life. I thought it would have been a good way to close that. You know, um, what's the point of self-reflection if it can't, like, make you feel even worse than you already do? <laughs> All this Calvin, time I thought your, that was just me. What's your birthday? <laughs> I'm sorry? What, what is your birthday? Uh, June 29th. Oh, that's a good one. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in here's, for it. Here's the, neg- here's the negation for your birthday, Calvin. All right. In the future, even if the human race survives, it is doubtful that anybody will ever remember me and what I have done. I could be extremely famous in this moment or completely unknown, but in the long run, I will be 
completely unknown. Nothing I, nothing I do now will be remembered. All that matters, therefore, is what I can do in the here and now, which is not very much at all. You'll be surprised how closely I align my life to those words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that can be liberating, too, you know. No, um, I remember going to uh, my friend Bradford's father's funeral and um, and noticing that um, there were these people. They were all saying how great he was. And I was thinking, will people like think I was, you know, will people say things about how great I was? And then I thought, like, all of the people who were talking about how great he was were people who had only known him in the past 10 years. So I was thinking, oh, so, you know. You only only really have to be good for like the last few years of your life. Make sure you've got lined up, you know, a few people at any given time who think you're a good person. Um, they can say nice things about you at your funeral. Um, but yeah, I mean, most people won't remember anyway, so it's fine. Woody I don't Allen think said, that's true. I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve it through not dying, which I think is makes sense. Mm -hmm. You don't think that's true? No, because just last week I got a message from someone I went to college with. And I, you know, I went to college, I was 16. Yeah, but you're not dead yet. I'm talking about after <laughs> you die. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this person, ha we hadn't seen or spoken with each other in decades, probably. And something had reminded her of me. And she just wrote about, you know, just really nice things about me being kind and me being uh, uh, inspirational to her and some of the things that she has done in life. And it was really great to hear. And, and you know, how does she know I'm not a complete fucking asshole right now? She doesn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are. Maybe I am. Probably not. I've you never asked you about this, and I probably won't, but this is the last one that I'm going to read, and it's the one that you wrote for my birthday, May 16th. Perhaps when I die, it will disappoint people who are counting on me. Perhaps something or someone will have trouble getting on without me. Most likely, though, my death won't make any difference at all, just like my life. <laughs> That's a lot like Calvin's. <laughs> um. I mean, all of them are about me, right? I mean, every single one of them are about me. I wasn't thinking about any other person. Um, I think the one for January 1st is about a new year. Uh, and I think there's one about Leap Day, about being a stupid day that doesn't, you know, really, you know, uh, you know, February 29th. Um, and the one, you know, but I didn't write that one, you know, because it was your birthday. I just kind of like try to keep them like different theme themed ones I could try to keep away from each other. The one I picked for my birthday, I thought was one of the more devastating ones. <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, um, just about something about, you know, you know, God's plan for me and, you know, how God's plans are often really unfortunate <laughs> because <laughs> people's lives, most people's lives are incredibly uh, full of suffering, you know, so anyway, yeah, it's a it's a fun book if you like that sort of thing. And if you think it's dumb, there are more intelligent versions by more intelligent people than me, such as Sioran, uh, uh, who is, I think, uh, I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to guess, but he's a European philosopher 
um, who writes uh, negative, a lot of negative stuff. One of his books is called The Trouble with Being Born, I think. And uh, another one is called um, The Temptation to Exist, or something like that. And uh, yeah, he's full of these negative aphorisms. A great writer, C-I-O-R-A-N. If so, if you like negations, my book, but you think it's dumb, read him. He's very, very, uh, he's much better. <laughs> and dead. Dead, but not yet forgotten. Not yet. What's what's the name again? C-I-O-R-A-N. I only knew of the titles when I read, when I wrote these, the book, but then after I wrote the book, I looked at what he had written and I was like, oh my goodness. He said it's so much better than me. <coughs> Calvin, I want to ask you about something that I just didn't understand. Uh, on your Facebook page, there was a picture of a street that said Chimone Avenue. <laughs> and you're like, funny as it was, fun, as funny as it, just as funny as it was six years ago or something like that. What, what, I don't, what was funny about it? Um, um, if, you, if you're aware of Michael Jackson, Chimone is one of his sayings. And... Uh, um, I have I have a friend who was uh, big on Michael Jackson back in college and still is to this day. And uh, me and a friend were driving through her hometown and we just happened to come across Shimon Avenue. And so I I texted that to to my friend Nate and he just busted out laughing. And <laughs> I I knew that that was going to be something that a lot of friends would appreciate. And sure enough, it, it did. <laughs> like, it's just one of, just one of those things you see and just, just break into laughter for, um, without, without realizing why. <laughs> Shamon. Shamon. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad it was that and not some reference to something that people, you know, 20 years younger than me only get <laughs> that's what i was afraid of <laughs> like i feel like i feel like that though that'll, that'll be something that can continue relevance for at least another 15 20 years at least this current generation would could some people could probably get it i don't know about the generation after but who cares about them yeah they're not going to care about us. So why should we care about it? Exactly. <laughs> I care a little bit about them. Do you think there's going to be more and more books written about how guilty everybody feels about leaving like the next generation with such a fucked up mess? Like there's a lot of writing about that already, but I just think it's going to be endless. And then pretty soon they'll be writing about stuff about, I wish they would just shut up about what a mess they left for us and, try to do something about it for the remaining years that they have. They're all like, I'm going to die, so I don't care anymore. But they should. We should. Uh, we should care, but... Uh, um, but we to don't. Your po- exactly. <laughs> like, all these books that talk about how we should have cared, we sh- um, I feel like there should be a compila- uh, an annual compilation called Humanity is Trash. And people just contribute to it every year with lamentations on how we could have done better but we don't and continue not to i mean to be fair we are doing better in some areas i think i mean we became aware of the problem most of us in the 70s um and um 
and and we become aware of the severity of the problem really only in the last most of us in the last 15 or 20 years um, when the warnings became very dire um, but uh, y- you know I mean yeah to some extent we're working on it and if we get the right president next time um, we you know we will hopefully lead in that area again um, and even if we don't, hopefully we will lead in that area by, you know, protesting or whatever. But yeah, you know, there are reasons there, there, are, there are definitely grounds for optimism and peps, pessimism. Um, I try uh, as pessimistic as I feel on a daily basis. I still have some level of optimism about the future because I mean, we like we all need a reason to continue uh, continuing this life and finding ways to do better and even with your even with like like sour feelings and like daily negations which by the way I'm I just put that on my uh, to buy list <laughs> because it seems absolutely wonderful and right within my brand of humor <laughs> like as terrible as everything feels we all have the capacity to do better and as like if we can just pull ourselves up just just a tiny bit we can uh, we can just go about it in any way that we can we all have ways to contribute to the betterment of society and so you know what what the hell else do we have to lose at this point everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah 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 absolutely yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't mean to sound so glib about it. I'm not glib about it at all. I, and, uh, you know, I I do what I can. Or maybe I don't do everything I can. But, you know, I, I, I try to do more each year uh, to help various causes. You know, there are, there are always going to be social justice causes. And there's going to be environmental groups. I mean, people are organizing in all sorts of different ways to solve all sorts of different problems. So it's become easier and easier to be helpful by donating a dollar here or there, you know, to uh, so many organizations that are doing really, really good work. And there are volunteer opportunities and uh, and opportunities to protest you know, uh, on the streets. So um, there, there's a lot that we can do. And I expect those opportunities to continue to to increase. And that segues nicely into what I usually do at this point in the show. Folks, if you uh, want to support Freeform Radio, if you want to support this station, Radio Free Brooklyn, go to Radio support. Your donations are tax deductible, fullest extent of the law. We are a 501c3 organization. Like many, many businesses uh we have taken a big hit we've taken a big hit there was uh, a lot of our revenue came in through renting the studios for podcasts and the studios had to close down and people are still not really ready to to come in and and use them so we're, we've lost all of that revenue and a lot of people that were giving during our drive to five campaign which we wanted to raise $25,000 by May. We got halfway there. Then this thing hit and people stopped giving. I understand it. I get it. You didn't, you have no idea what's happening. You want to hold on to whatever you got because you don't know if it's going to be gone. I get it. 
but at least here in New York State, things have gotten things have gotten better. They've gotten better. So if you find that you you're not so scared and you you feel comfortable, uh, then uh, please consider giving a donation to Radio Free Brooklyn. Help keep us going. I think we're doing good work here. I agree. And just the very fact that um, Radio Free Brooklyn is uh, is um, at least on the internet anyway, uh, closely associated with activism, that means we're, we're really doing something. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, and I like, I like that our, our new opening music, and thank you again for that, it kind of gives you an idea of exactly what you're going to get with this right. show, because it has changed quite a bit, and I like a ball that. ball of confusion. Ball of confusion. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about this, what's going on. Uh, Gothamist has been reporting on the Mount Vernon police tape. Uh, the 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 uh, officer Morishe Bovel uh, started recording conversations uh, he was having and recording incidences of beatings of people in custody, illegal strip searches, unjustified tasings of uh, unarmed unarmed people, uh, narcotics division framing innocent people, and teaming up with uh, favored drug dealers. I'd like to thank Officer Bo Bell for being a lamplighter. I prefer that over whistleblower. Lamplighter is a term that uh, Serpico likes to use. Mm. And this gentleman, this officer, is reminding me of Serpico, who did the same thing. Uh, in the late 60s, uh, early 70s, he was an honest cop in an extremely corrupt force. And he went through the chain of command and nothing happened. So he started recording what was happening. He was recording telephone calls. He was keeping track of stuff that was going on. And he finally brought it to the New York Times. This led to the formation of the Knapp Commission. And but uh, Officer Bovell and folks like you, you know, it's it's a rough, rough road you're going to be on. Uh, he's already faced some retaliation. Um, Serpico, he got shot in the face and could have been killed uh, in what was possibly a setup by his fellow officers. Um, so that is going on right now with the Mount Vernon Police Department which is not very far from where I'm sitting at the moment. I mean, if, if the force is not going to uh, be accountable for their actions, it's not surprising that somebody is eventually going to uh, put it upon themselves and uh, take that in their own hands. Um, I do like the term uh, lamplighter because that that definitely speaks to what he, uh, but what Officer Belvel is looking to do, like kind of light a fire and shed light upon the atrocities that the Mount Vernon police are are doing within their force. You know, at this point, it it's not surprising at all hearing a, a police force is doing something like this. At this point, we just kind of expected, which is even sadder at this point. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, it bears mentioning, by the way, uh, especially in the in this climate, that uh, Officer Bovell is uh, is a black dude and a predominantly white police force in a predominantly black neighborhood. Hmm. Well, you know, as a general rule, they should have a lot more black police officers, particularly in black neighborhoods. That's one of the biggest problems with police forces in general. You saw also that they're setting up a grand jury uh, in the D Daniel Prude case in Rochester. Uh, that happened, I think, this morning or maybe this afternoon. Um, the guy who was hooded and uh, oh, yes. and they covered that up. Yeah, so Letitia James just announced today that they're going to have a grand jury investigation into that, which is good. Um, it would be nice to see some officers actually get prosecuted for what are obviously crimes. Um, um, but uh, it happens so rarely. Um, and many of them stay on the force. Sometimes, you know, they're not allowed to patrol anymore, but they work behind a desk. They don't lose any of their salary or pension, and they don't really face any serious repercussions at all. Um, so... Um, yeah, it would be good if they could get, if there was more prosecution of, of the police. Successful prosecution. Yes. Or well, prosecution. I mean, e even unsuccessful prosecution would be better than what we have now, which is yes. very little prosecution at all. So, yeah. But, yeah, successful would be nice. Well, you know, we have we have what what were uh, situations where you're creating, sometimes in small ways, a culture that dehumanizes the people that the police are supposed to be, uh, the the neighborhoods they're supposed to be protecting. And I'll, I'll give you a great example of this. There's uh, in the in the uh, East Flatbush. You know, some of the, they call some of their, uh, the precincts, they call it Fort this, Fort that. They've called it Fort Ja. Uh, and there are these things called challenge coins. Challenge coins are made to commemorate like an event or to commemorate uh, an inside joke in a precinct. And they have different depictions on them. Well, one in Fort Ja depicts a black man with dreadlocks being hunted by white police. I mean, I've been saying recently that, you know, like, uh, it's like police, a lot of police forces are where racist people go uh, to learn to be more racist. It just, like, it's kind of incubators for racism. Um, and uh, most cops come out you know every with every year that they spend on the force they become worse than they were the previous year um just more cynical more suspicious of people of color and 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 more violent um i mean maybe that's an overstatement and an overgeneralization and i'm sure that's not fair i mean there are definitely some decent police officers but um 
I'm going to guess that almost every decent police officer knows of indecent police officers and has kept their mouth shut instead of turning them in and reporting them. So even the nicest cop you've ever met and know is probably being quiet about something that they shouldn't be. I don't have any proof for that, but that's my suspicion because there's so much rampant corruption, violence, and just general nastiness. And we know that like crimes are prosecuted in a racist fashion um, that like if you're holding drugs, you're much less likely to get prosecuted for it if if you're white, Um, even though most people who are holding drugs are white. It, it just, it's completely unjust. It's kind of like the uh, uh, saying that I hear constantly. The, let's see, how, how does it go? The, basically, uh, basically to preface it, like most people don't want to change the system because it's working the way it's intended. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, you know, there's that book, I didn't read it, The New Jim Crow, but I think part of its thesis is this idea that, you know, a lot of policing and, you know, the work that people do in prison, prisoners do, you know, it's kind of a direct descendant from like, uh, you know, the antebellum period where, you know, people needed something, you know, another way to control uh, black people after they were uh, supposedly emancipated. Um, and the prison system has sort of replaced the slavery system in certain ways of like just continuing to oppress uh, people who, you know, were not, you know, never came here on their own in the first place. You know, uh, you know, immigrants, uh, not immigrants. They were, you know, kidnapped and brought here or or are descended from people who were. So, yeah, it's horrendous. That's absolutely what the prison system is. It's absolutely it's a it's an extension of slavery, a replacement of slavery. I it's not much more I can contribute to that. I 100 <laughs> percent agree, <laughs> and it's, it's it it continues to be frustrating. Like you hear, like you hear, this, this almost daily atrocities between police the prison system and um everything in between and i've and i i feel like i say this every week on this show it's like what the hell do you do (laughs) yeah well i think it begins with with awareness and and getting other people aware and 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 getting outraged and then doing something like like the things that i just mentioned about the mount vernon police and more so the uh, challenge coins are things that that I have to dig around to learn about it's not on the evening news it's not it's not you know I have to look for this stuff and I find it and I put it out there I make try to make people aware of it uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find a, a picture of this challenge coin I'm talking about just so you can See it for yourself. Give me a minute. A minute. <laughs> I, I both want to see it and don't want to see it at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how I felt 
not that I wanted to. I felt like I had an obligation to see the the Daniel Prude footage. I didn't want to. I really didn't want to. It disturbed the hell out of me, as it should. And it made me angry, as it should. And it made me do stuff like this, uh, where I, you know, I find out more about this crap. Hey, awareness absolutely, I feel, is the answer to to all of this. Like, we need to be outraged, every single one of us. And if you're not outraged, something's very wrong. And so... Francis, you're you're absolutely doing the right thing, doing great work. Mmm. Wow. They actually like that is a legitimate stamped coin. Stamped and color yeah. too. Wow. Mm-hmm. But like we need more shows like this, honestly. And more people like you, like, putting things like uh, Challenge Coin, like, ch- things like Challenge Coins out there and just speaking upon just the absolute ridiculousness that is this country. Because we need to know these things. And we need to be outraged. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do. Here's something I just found to be an interesting, uh, just just a weird thing about the universe. Uh, with September 11th coming up, I have some memories of that and some thoughts I might want to share, I might not. But uh, in looking into into Serpico today, he joined the force. September 11th, 1959. Just one of those weird things. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, that's weird. (laughs) It may be just coincidence, but it's it's quite an interesting coincidence. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what could it be? I mean, of course it's a coincidence. I mean, there was also that you know, that revolution in Chile on September 11th in the 70s, I think it was. I don't, I don't remember now. I'm not going to look it up. I probably got that wrong. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, September 11th comes every year and different stuff happens. Very fair yeah. point. Up until, 2000, <laughs> up until 2001, September 11th some is people, just another day. Some people's birthday is September 11th. Yes, right. so, I'm sorry, I looked it up. September 11th, 1973 was the Chilean coup d'etat. Mm. Um, I remember my friend Norman, uh, his birthday is September 11th, and he um, he did a poetry reading shortly after you know, 9-11 and uh, talked about a lot about the Chilean revolution and how for years that was what he thought about on his birthday, and now he has this new thing to think about on his birthday. Um uh, what was I going to, oh, I was going to say two things about this, you know, about, it's not exactly about systemic racism, although partly it is. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you know, like the cops, I think there was, this was in the times recently, they give out cards to people, you know, that let other cops know that, you know, a cop or you're related to a cop. And so courtesy cards, yeah, courtesy cards. 
um, um, you know, that's just one example of many of how, like, the rules are not applied evenly. Um, and I read this article this morning, or this long essay, it's an excerpt from a book by Timothy Snyder, um, ex, you know, writing about his experience in hospitals recently, where he had a problem with his liver, liver and it went undetected. Um, and he's a journalist. He's a pretty well-known journalist in some circles. Uh, and after he got out of the hospital, after spending months and they like were ignoring him and they messed up a lot and blah, blah, blah. His friends said, you know, why didn't you like call some people, you know, some important people that could have like spoken for you to make sure you got the proper attention. And his attitude was, that didn't even occur to me. I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that the medical system in America would work that way, that if you could drop a name, you would get better health care. And if it does work that way, it shouldn't. But the fact is, yeah, it does work that way. If you, if you know people or if you're in a certain community, I think we were talking about this last time, how like, you know, like a lot of your future is set in New York by like what neighborhood you grow up in because that determines what schools you go to, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of unfairness, you know, not, you know, the, the cops are just the tip of the iceberg. Um, but just everywhere you look, there's just inequity and, and imbalance and unequal distribution of privileges, um, sometimes having to do with wealth, sometimes having to do with skin color and sometimes having to do with just luck of the draw being in the right place at the right time you know i know it well you know i was lucky to get a record deal and i was lucky uh you know in many many ways over over the course of my life oh yeah yeah what precinct you're in makes a whole hell of a lot of difference here's the challenge challenge point for the sixth precinct it says a home of the heritage of pride parade and it's a, a depiction of Christopher Street and the Stonewall Inn. Okay. Oh, well, what's the point of that coin? I mean, the cops actually busted that riot. Yeah, I know. They did. They did. But uh, the 6th Precinct has grown tremendously. For the longest time, the community affairs officer for the 6th Precinct was an openly gay man. And they have, you know, come to see that their predecessors that did that did the raids on the Stonewall Inn were wrong. And and uh, they have some pride in being in a neighborhood that where this gay rights movement began. That's a hell of a difference from what you're seeing in East Flatbush. I mean, I think what David Graeber would probably say is like what we need, he's an anarchist, what we need are a lot fewer laws because laws give police the power of enforcement and it's a discretionary power. But if they don't have laws that they can apply to people, and a lot of them are bullshit laws, just like we have bullshit jobs, we have bullshit laws that like virtually any person who goes out of their house and stays out for more than three hours has probably broken one of those laws, you know, some of which we don't even know about. But almost everybody jaywalks, almost everybody steps off the curb before the light turns green. It's very easy to put someone in jail overnight if that's what you want to do, you know, because we have so many laws that we should not have. Yeah. 
yeah, I agree. Uh, I want to get back for a minute. Uh, I do have, I do have NYPD. I do have a friend in the NYPD, maybe maybe more than one, and he has told me that the courtesy cards are really not being are not being given out nearly as often as they had been. It's pretty rare actually these days. Um, so you know, I was thinking about these these uh, these challenge coins. Uh, I was thinking maybe one did one way to because because it also you know if you have them you're showing that you're 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 part of the you're you're part of the club. Okay, so friends, start buying challenge coins. If you're the type of person who gets fucked with by the police, start buying challenge coins. That's carrying with way you. to game the system. What's Where that? Money go. I don't know. I'd have to look at that, but um, I know you can get them off of Amazon, and some of them aren't that expensive. It might be a way and for Jeff you to Bezos bullshit really your way. Use the money, you know. What's that? Jeff Bezos could really use the money. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Maybe you can buy them somewhere else other than Amazon. But anyway, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Jeff Bezos, it's kind of in my my self-interest because our backup plan is is a party fucking performer as Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking more and more like him. Hey, use that to your advantage. Yep, yeah, I will. I absolutely will. Uh, we only have five minutes left, less than that, because we're going to do some outro music, the same as what our intro music was. Um, please tell us about uh, your show. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my show is called Lush Vibes Radio. It comes on Tuesday nights from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's two hours of... Really chill music from like the R&B, soul, and pop perspective, uh, uh, perspective, but all different genres of music. And actually, September fifteenth, tentatively, is going to be my one hundredth episode. So well, then this comes at the best time. Uh, this was an idea of Lucas's, which which I'm down on. Next week, no guest, just you and me, and we showcase some of what you do. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> and John, you are performing mostly online. I like misspoke, by the way. That was not the Chilean revolution. It was a Chilean coup d'etat that displaced the popular government there. So I wanted to say that before we close. Um, you know, there's there's a lot about South American history that I don't, and Central American history about which I don't know. So. Um, I'm usually talking on my ass when I talk about that stuff. And so I should not have said anything. Uh, yeah, mostly performing online. Um, some people are performing outdoors now, you know, um, and I, I, I might do some of that uh, in the coming months uh, if if asked to do. I was asked to do it actually last week, but I was out of town. So I might do that soon. But um, I don't know. You can follow me on Facebook if you can find me and I'm not that hard to find 
And I usually, I announce whatever I'm going to do uh, well in advance on Facebook. Also, I might be wrong about the the uh, sixth precinct challenge coin because there was someone who did write that they believed that it was a commemoration of the actual raid and not and not a commemorate not you know and that's possible. I mean, I, I think the sixth precinct is, is far ahead far ahead of other precincts, but, but, but I, could, I could be fucking wrong. I was wrong once in 1974. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the sixth precinct as precincts go is probably one of the better ones in new york city but that is a low bar so yep it is it is all right i think it's just about time for that exit music it's about two minutes long right um actually yeah three and a half minutes uh, okay well then we won't hear the whole thing but thank you john so very much for being thank on you the for show me. i i hope uh, i wasn't too obnoxious no, you're great. You're great. Thank you, Calvin, so much for being on the show, for uh, doing the tech, for making this happen for me. I really appreciate it. And next week, uh, it's all about you and your show. All right. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Teacher. Teacher.